0: Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. I hope this podcast finds you well. I'm chilling, feeling pretty good, happy to be with you. Today's episode is on the Weather of the Mind Five-Year Plan. Something I've been talking about for a while. We're in the middle of a small series of episodes on Five-Year Plan. We're also in the middle of some episodes of All Book Club with David Foster Wallace. A few announcements before we get into the episode. On the website, there is a tab now that says Upcoming Shows, Subject to Change, but this at least gives an outline for the next few months where I see the shows going. And this was sort of inspired by the Fall Book Club because I wanted to get the dates up there for different essays we are reading. The, the episode will focus on those essays. So on September 30th, 2020, we have the essay by David Foster Wallace, How Tracy Austin Broke My Heart. Now I've read through most of the essays already for this fall book club just recently, and I love this essay. This essay's major themes are very close to my heart, writing and books, but also sports. David Foster Wallace really loved sports, but he also, in this, in this essay, he critiques the mass market sports memoir genre, and he ponders about why a lot of sports memoirs seem like they should be so epic but then they're just, they don't fulfill. They don't come through with the inside or they don't touch any of the the deep reverence and love we have for the sport or the athlete. So he kind of, ex- he explores that in this essay. How Tracy Austin Broke My Heart. If you don't have the book of essays, consider The Lobster, which these essays are from, at least most of them. They are links on the website, on the upcoming shows, to to the essays, you can read most of the essays online. I found all but one of the essays are online, so if you want to participate, that's great. Okay, on to today's main topic. I set out to make a five-year plan and just to investigate the value of five-year plans. This has sort of been on on my mind a lot over the, the last few months. But I realized I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was getting legitimately stressed by my five-year plan. And I think this is good. I, I like to put pressure on myself. I like to put pressure on my projects. But there's a fine balance, and you know, I was hitting the wall. If you could hit the wall while trying to make your five-year plan, it might expose what's, what's the deep philosophical or what's the deep logistical challenges that need to be addressed. For me, when I'm thinking of the five year plan, what was causing a lot of stress is the decision of when to form a nonprofit organization. Right now, I'm just a, a guy who writes and produces podcasts. I do it pretty much for the love and for the cause. I sell some books on the side. Don't do a very good job asking for donations. So I have to figure out some sort of long term sustainability stuff. But I'm kind of interested in building a school, and most schools are nonprofits. And nonprofits, often, if they're run well and they're producing a good community service, can receive a lot of support from grants and large scale donations and small scale donations. So forming a nonprofit is something that is on the horizon. But I was I was putting a lot of pressure on having this happen soon because there's a cascade of events that are related. If I could raise more money, then I could not build the website myself and I could pay someone to build the website and that would save a bit of time. But I don't mind building the website and I could take my time and figure it out. But at some point you say, should I just be paying someone to do this and save my time and focus on other things right now that are that I can be doing better with my time. And some website person who does that for a living could do a better job. So figuring these type of decisions out all relate to other decisions. So how I go about building the website relates, am I gonna form a nonprofit right now, relates back to how much money versus time do I have to invest. Time versus money seems to be something that comes up a lot in in these, these decisions, how to balance out time versus money which to spend more of on project A, B, or C. Okay, so I'm having this stress of the five-year plan, but I had a really crystallizing conversation with a friend last week where it was just like a little mini epiphany. Boom. Kind of a boom, boom. Little epiphany where it was like, hey, I forgot, this is corona times. Five-year plan may be important to have, but if there's any time... Where the five-year plan should have an asterisk and say, revisit this in six months. It is now. So what I'm realizing, and when I realized in that conversation and over this past week, is my five-year plan is gonna remain penciled in and as a sketch. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any grand decisions on starting the nonprofit for the Weather of the Mind school until at least springtime 2021. When I try to think about things from different angles. I try to visualize them. So something as abstract as a five-year plan, what would that be like a painting if we had to paint it out? For me, a five-year plan, I tend to make this kind of mental image of you're looking on the horizon. There's a road in front of it. You could see it vanishing into the distance, and there's hills in the distance and mountains. So you have this sort of image where you can soar you can see months and years into the future of this journey that's the beauty of hills and mountains we can see them rise far far away so this is kind of helpful to me and if I look in that five-year plan maybe the first year is in the foreground and the second year is approaching the hills and the third year is in the hills and the fourth year is sort of getting lost into the the crevasses going up the mountains kind of how I'm envisioning this five-year plan but as, as you climb up to a, a little lookout point where we stand right now, we'll get on top of a, a ladder or a rooftop, and we look out the next six months of that landscape, the really closer area on that landscape. I mean, there are literally many, many fires, literal fires. There is literally smoke in the Northeast that is blown over from the West Coast. So... There are literal fires, there are political fires, there's political chaos. There is one of the most unpredictable elections in terms of legality and trusting the process. The level of chaos just in terms of politics would be enough. I haven't even mentioned Corona yet. So we got hurricanes, we got forest fires. And we got a lot of political chaos this year. We have an election coming that's completely chaotic in its own sense. And then we are in the middle of a pandemic. So having the five-year view, seeing those distant hills and mountains is still valuable. Because theoretically, we will come out of this chaotic period. I say theoretically because, no, we will come out. When we come out is unclear. But at a minimum... I think we need a six-month plan. A six-month survival plan. Because, I don't know about you, but the summer has been more mellow and more manageable than the spring was. The spring was wildly unknown. We were very, very isolated. We were very, very fearful of how this disease is being passed on. We have a lot more information now that we're six months into this pandemic. But we know that the numbers are likely to spike during the flu season, the indoor season. We know that it's gonna be more challenging and more lonely once we can't hang out outside. Again, some of you might be listening in Brazil or Italy or Southern California, and you have a little bit different version of these challenges, but we know that this is gonna be a tough winter and spring for the Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere obviously reversed. So, if we look to these six months and we see fires of all sorts, chaos, unknown. I love prediction science. I love making predictions. I can recognize how unpredictable systems are. And this next six months, the levels of chaos is is really profound. So, it's really important, as important as ever, to try to avoid chaos in our families to try to avoid chaos at our workplaces, to try to build our strength, go into this period with things that we look forward to doing this winter. The fact that I am looking forward to writing a book, that I'm looking forward to getting back into singing more and watercolors. I've built a bunch of rituals that are really good for winter. They're really good indoor rituals. And they're creative and they're life-affirming and they're encouraging. So we got to start thinking this way about the next six months. Are you a movie buff? Well, maybe it's time to really work out your top 50 movie list of all time. And then email it and share it, social media, however, share it with your people. So what I'm saying is, think locally. Think globally, but globally is very chaotic. And I mean globally, I mean, by that term, I mean anything that's not in your day-to-day and week-to-week life. The politics and the fires and the hurricanes, these are all important to be aware of depending on where you live. If they're not local, we got to think about what's going on locally. Self, relationships, family. And self is really built upon, am I keeping hydrated? Am I sleeping? Am I keeping my stress levels at a calm place? How do I keep calm? Exercise. Exercise is... We are still human animals. We're meant to move. Exercise is liberating. Liberating. Walk, bike, do what you can. And if you can get that pulse rate up, trust me, it just it adds a level of invigoration. Even a few minutes to get that pulse up. Walking up a steep hill, biking up a hill. It's great. It's great. I've been biking so much, and I feel I feel really, really healthy right now. But I'm... I know, I know I got I ahead gotta in this six months with strength. If I'm, if I'm berating myself, your five-month plan's not good enough. Oh, you don't, the nonprofit, I don't know, you know, if all these worries are pounding me right now, attacking me right now, that's not good. I have to say, hey, I've thought about my five-year plan, but right now I have the next few months, the next six months to focus on. And it's still good that I have that penciled in plan. So let me share a little bit of that penciled in plan with you. But first, let's just let's just get a little music going. Here's one of my all-time favorite songs, a very emotive song to me. This song, Rasta Man Vibration by Bob Marley, came out April 30th, 1976. So kind of later, Bob Marley. And this to me kind of captured this is one of the first reggae songs that captured my spirit and just there's a level of calmness to this song and inspiration i love the the combination of being calm yet inspired that's what i'm always pursuing in life and this kind of embodies this song to me and i have a very personal memories because this album got played a lot when i was working the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college i worked with this grad student i was undergraduate and i was working with this grad student in the natural resources lab this guy named Corey, and we would really like high energy, blonde-haired guy. Kind of looked a little bit like a surfer, but you know that's a natural resources guy. He loves nature. He's he's studying nature, and he was a he did a lot of stuff with soil research. But we had this assignment this summer, and I helped him on it. And basically, we were building infrastructure for a scientific study in Montezuma Wildlife Refuge. And Montezuma Wildlife Refuge is an hour. North of where we live in Ithaca, and you drive next to Cuba Lake the whole way. So it's this extraordinarily scenic drive, an hour up there, and then we'd unpack and we 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 work. We basically were building, we were building little boardwalks. They were about a foot and a half to two feet wide, little raised platforms for walking and taking samples in this long-term purple loosestrife invasion study. Purple loosestrife is a very beautiful plant. However, it was, well, it still isn't invasive, but it was, it was quite dominant 20 years ago and we are working to study it. It has since kind of balanced out, it's, it seems, and, and still present, but not dominant, which seems to be what happens with some invasives. So we would we would be building in the sun, in the heat, in the middle of the summer, but then we'd take a lunch break, and this is like our lunch break album was Rasta Man Vibrations. And Rasta Man Vibrations is such a chill album, and this is the, the, the track entitled Rasta Man Vibrations. So I encourage you to check out that album. But let's just chill with this for a minute and then we'll get back into my five-year plan, even if it is a sketch. Ah, you feeling good now, huh? roster man vibrations. Ah, good vibes, good vibes. Connecting with nature, you know, that's a big thing too. I say hydrate and exercise and this, but I, I really believe in in staring at trees. <laughs> I really believe in looking at the water. It's a universal thing that humans, when they sit by nature, that calms down their spirit. If you sit by a creek or water or just enjoy watching a, a blue jay in a tree limb for a few minutes or one squirrel chase another squirrel just kind of getting out of human culture and getting into human animal just being connecting something really deep really deep that people would have appreciated a long long time ago our old old ancestors i digress so the basic 5 year plan looks at whether the mind school the mission of the school is Emotional health is fundamental, is foundational. Emotional health and practical skills are foundational, are fundamental. I gotta pick which is a better word. Let me know. Foundational. I like foundation better, I think. Same really basic word. But words are important how they sound, how they flow. So we'll still work on the mission statement, I guess. But here's how it stands now Build a school devoted to the foundation of emotional health and practical skills. This emotional health oriented, this practical education oriented school, let's make it free and let's make it available online. So I'm trying to figure out how does the online presence of the school look to grow in the next five years and what do we look to grow on the ground. The online is basically going to be to continue the podcasts but to also add in two other type of broadcasts, I'm planning on doing a number of video versions of the podcast this winter, focused on cooking and laying out ten foundational, ten fundamental, still deciding dishes. I have kind of worked on a very monkish but delightful cuisine over the years, and I've got some help with the videography now, and learning those skills, and investing in some cameras. So I want to share that, and I thought about doing podcasts about cooking, but then there are some obviously some skills and some fun that can come out of getting on video. I've been a little bit shy in that medium, but it's time to just put your work out there. So we got the podcast going, we got video versions of the podcast, and then also... I want to look into having a call-in show, whether it's a weekly hour or two. So there's a lot of good things going. That's the audio version. And then I'm all in video, but I'm also working on books. I need to re-release the books. I need to reprint the books. I need to figure out, do people want print copies of my books? Or do they want electronic copies of my books? If you want to see my books and hear more about them, that's at urbanmonksthinktank.org. That was the earlier home of my projects before Weather of the Mind. Org. We talked about the audio and the video, but also we have books. I am looking forward to get you know, I'm still a writer before I'm a podcaster, even though podcasting has taken most of my energy for the last two years. I think I'm looking forward to really sitting down and seeing what what kind of book I produce now that I've been podcasting for now 91 episodes seeing how my how that's helped my writing voice, how that's helped my approach to writing. Because each of these podcasts, in a way, is kind of like sketching out a short essay. So I'm very excited. I, the book that I'm looking to write this winter is a bit of a social psychology memoir. Ooh, social psychology memoir. Go on. It is a memoir on... So it's memoir, so it's a bit personal. It's, it's in a social psychology, so it's a relation of the individual growing up in these social settings. It's a reflection on education, family, religion, and sport. Probably the four main institutions that raised me and so many of us. I just think there's so much richness in our own stories, especially if we connect the, the unique to the general. And that's, that's what I like to do in this podcast. And I see myself doing that in the book. I, I have a lot of interesting reflections because uh, we can connect back to our insights and what really motivates us. And there usually are very fascinating stories behind them. That's basically the, the online, the video, audio, and writing version of the Weather of the Mind School. Now, that's also just my projects. The question is, is how do we include more writers, videographers, podcasters in this umbrella? How do we grow the umbrella of the Weather of the Mind School to include more thinkers? I love to do interviews. I've included people this way, but perhaps there's other ways to allow people to uh, other teachers, mentors, thinkers, etc., to have a greater place in the Weather of the Mind school, which goes back to the nonprofit conversation because how do we pay these people? I'm more than happy to live kind of monkish and work a part-time job and fund essentially my own contribution. But if the goal is to expand the Weather of the Mind school, and maybe it shouldn't be. I, I don't know. This is what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe I'll just keep on doing the interviews and that's fine. Let me know what you think. Again, these podcasts are... Certainly, this is a brainstorming podcast to some extent, and I appreciate your feedback. So what about the in-person? Because right now, beyond my work as a bartender slash counselor, a familiar community-friendly bartender guy, there's not a huge in-person presence of the Weather of the Mind school. I have built a street cart And you can see images of that over at urbanmonksthinktank.org website. I have built a street cart, and that street cart allowed me to set up shop on urban street corners in New York City and talk to people about emotional health, have conversations, you know, engage, do some street interviews, sell books, and just have a physical presence. It's more natural, my social media is to build a street cart and to stand on a street corner. It's just, that's that's the way I am. I'm an old school guy like that, I suppose. So the street cart, certainly going forward, is a fascinating thing to use, to engage. But what else on the ground? Certainly some on the ground projects I've considered are starting a archery club in Ithaca. Because games of aim provide... Wonderful opportunity for continued personal growth and camaraderie. It's like playing darts with my pals at the bar, but let's make a place that's alcohol-free. Just have some tea and some coffee, pitch a dollar in, you know, very simple, minimal little archery cafe is something I think about a lot. Secondly, and the long-term vision, is to build some sort of physical retreat. A place with cabins, a place with a community house where we could have a big meal, a place with a bonfire, hopefully some access to water and forest. And it's just a pretty simple space, a space we can get away from modern technology. I think we'll have electricity, but maybe not much internet. So the idea of having a retreat is appealing to me. I've certainly floated or started playing with the idea of Raising money to purchase an old Boy Scout camp or something like that. Or otherwise, build something similar to this. Build a place with a, a dozen cabins or a place with a few little camps with, a, with five to ten cabins and then a, a meeting hall and a fire pit. A place where you can host gatherings of uh, 10 to 30 or 50 people. I don't know. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking right now. But you have to just start the vision. I mean, this might be five or ten years, this might be twenty years away. But that might be the long term vision on the ground. So a lot going on in this five year plan. And again, some of the overlying things are how do I separate how do I separate Doug Chris from the Weather of the Mind school? Not separate, but how do I separate those two identities more? There are other niches for other people to get involved as we as I work to build a Weather of the Mind school, as a Weather of the Mind, you know, team of sorts. So I hope that gave you some good food for thought. We're always trying to serve up good food around here. Good food. I wish you can come over for dinner. My burritos are really touching the sky. So we got some great burrito shows coming up this winter. Burrito video cast it's gonna be very fun. Okay. One more point before we bid you adieu. Next week, I'm gonna do one more five-year plan episode, and this came out of a real wonderful email I received from Francis McGill, writing from Vermont. He says, Hi Doug, I enjoyed your two-part series on long-term planning and how one's values play a role in informing the plan. And he goes on to say, The quote that stuck with me the most was from the Guns, Germs, and Steel author about how a society prospered or faltered whether they made long-term plans and continually reconsidered their long-term values. I hope that in a future pod you can unpack a little more what it means to reconsider long-term values. Because it's one thing to think about your values and let them lie, and it's quite another more robust challenge to change them for the better. And then he goes on to also talk about not just personal values, but also on the level of the family and the country. So he goes on to write, In terms of America's long-term values, I feel like we're educated to believe those values are everlasting and infallible. American exceptionalism, rugged individualism, the free market, and the American dream of mobility, the good guy versus any evil in the world. There are inherent flaws in these values that haven't been examined, much less seen as problems to be solved. He goes on, it's really hard to change the value culture we grew up in, state and family alike. I hope you can wax on how we can keep ourselves accountable to be open-minded, to always be sensitive to our value and what it looks like in practice. Maybe you can give an example of how to change an individual or social value. Keep up the great work, Francis. Well, that was that was a great example of someone making an awesome contribution to the show because that letter really informs the next episode. Really you're going to build off that insight and that reminder. And here's the quote from Jared Diamond. He's referring to a very important quote that we'll kind of focus next week's episode on. We'll focus on five-year plans translating values and reevaluating values into plans. So how how do values relate to our plans and how do we allow these both to change? How do, how do we challenge these to kind of grow and change throughout our lives as individuals, as couples, as families, as teams, as, as a society? So here's the quote from Jared Diamond from the book How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed. We should do that book for a book club. Quote, two types of choices seem to have been crucial in tipping the outcomes of various societies toward success or failure. Long-term planning, and a willingness to reconsider long-term values. On reflection, we can recognize the crucial role of these same two choices for the outcomes of individual lives. So again, success or failure in societies and perhaps individuals is related to our ability to long-term plan and a willingness to reconsider long-term values. Let's take that with us and call it a day. Great to be with you. Drop me a line. If you get a chance to look at that essay, got that come up in two weeks, the David Foster Wallace essay on sports memoirs. Great essay. There's a link on the website, weatherthemind.org. Next week, the last in the series on five-year plans. All right, stay hydrated. Try to find some healthy food and some exercise. Be kind to yourself. Living and learning. Bye-bye.